Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me as always is, first up, we've got Josh Torres. Yo, what's up? Hey, yo, and we've also got Adam Vitale. Hey. Hey. How do you do both? So this is the March 11th edition of the TetraCast, and so it's going to be kind of a short one, but I always kind of... Did you say that? that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always... <laughs> we'll we'll I always, see how short it is. Yeah, it's it, not been a whole lot. <laughs> Quote-unquote short. It's kind of a weird thing, though. It's it's that it's not a lot to talk about, but we do have some very important... Like, one of the most anticipated games that as for us as a site, like, almost for two years in a row, I think we had it, what, most anticipated RPG... Or and the biggest surprise, uh, yeah, I remember. Two I think it was biggest surprise 2015, yes, and most anticipated 2016, yes. And of course, what we're talking about is near Automata. And so, Josh, you've been playing some of that. Um, I know we're trying to not be too deep into spoilers, but yeah, you're free to talk about gameplay and stuff like that. That's I think that's j- just fine. You know, people that don't want to listen to this, go ahead and just maybe skip ahead a little bit so josh just give us a little bit of your impression so far about the about the gameplay itself that you've been having i mean i know you've beat that game yeah practically 100 percented at this point but i've uh yeah my review went up uh for this this past week on it and i gave it the 10 uh for the site and that's you know it's kind of a big deal for us as a site uh, doing that but uh i think it's it's very impressive what Yokotaro and Platinum Games has put out. Like I, when they first announced this, I'm like, cool. Like you know, your was a was a nifty game. Like it sure didn't have like the most engaging gameplay, but uh, I really respected its story elements and you know it kind of it really hit home emotionally. You know, for a lot of people, there's a very like kind of an unconventional premise for a game because in the original Nier, you were. The, the version of Nier that we got, the uh, Gestalt version, yes. uh, you played as this, uh, you know, kind of elderly dad who was uh, tending to his daughter. Elderly. Now she was ill. <laughs> he wasn't quite elderly, I don't think. Uh, yeah. uh, he kind of, I mean, I mean, like he's he's he pretty like he's not like a young dad, you know. He's like at pretty, least like forty. Yeah, forty forty five ish. I want to yeah. say, yeah. So it's definitely on the upper side of the spectrum for what you expect on JRPGs. Like if you think about the average age of a JRPG protagonist. Um, so that was a very weird thing. And, you know, as the more as you played that game, the you know, the weirder it got. And, you know, Yokotaro is known for this kind of like unfun- con- unconventional gameplay and whatnot in narrative. And Automata follows that spirit in a very different direction. And just seeing the way that all the different gameplay systems you go through. Like one of the very first things that you, uh, when you boot up this game, like your plunges is like this shoot 'em up, shoot 'em up section. And what's not like traditional shoot 'em? It's like it's a, it's a definitely a twin joystick shooter. But it followed. If I don't know if you guys played this, but there's a little uh, indie game called Astabreed that uh, you know came yes. out on PC and PS4, and it's very much like that. I was like, oh, that's a that's a really weird thing to game, like take inspiration from. I really enjoyed that game, but I just didn't think that you know, like when you think of like developer you know trying to go into that twin stick shooter genre you don't really see that you you don't the first thing you don't think of is Breed for sure you think of the more traditional like you know geometry wars um super stardust hd etc and i think that that's really cool how they integrated that because that allows more facets of the twin stick genre to really like surface because you go from this uh, jet mode to this kind of like you know in Ma- and uh, like Macross they have that hybrid mode I forgot what it was called off the top of my head yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't go full like mecha like humanoid 
but it doesn't go full jet either. They kind of had like that hybrid mode. That's kind of one of the modes that you go into in uh, Automata as well. And Astabreed uh, definitely kind of have that going for it. Um, so that was like a really, really cool intro to that game. It's like, okay, like they're really going to uh, hit home that they haven't really abandoned. Like kind of like one of the shticks of Nier because in the original Nier, you had all these all these weird genre shifting uh, things going on as well. You had like it at, for one dungeon, you kind of had to go from a, a third person to isometric view now. So you're kind of navigating so, that landscape. Yeah. So I, I do. I did hear that it actually kind of starts off, and I think if I remember correctly, I think it's called like a, it was a variable fighter or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like because I know right. we, they put out they put out like themes and stuff like that for free on the PSN that had the the robots pretty much and then, mm-hmm. so you're basically like that is it is the perspective top down or is it behind the back? so so the the cool thing is it's yes to all the above like it starts out like in a very traditional style like kind of like toho or right in like uh it's very vertical plane uh type of you know enemies at the top and then you at the bottom and then uh later on it kind of shifts to a more zoomed in view of you where you have uh like 3d maneuvers uh like star but... fox or something like that or no, no, not like Star Star Fox. I'm thinking like, oh, what's a what's a good comparison to this? Because I'm all I think is Asta Breed, but um, <laughs> the very shit. popular game. That uh, I'm the, sure yeah, I, I, for, I forgot. Did Cinemora have it? I'm trying to think, but there, it goes Cinemora, to a very. You mean like the pulled back 2D like side scroller no, style? But there are there are there are parts of it like that. But uh-huh. I'm t- talking more of you, it zo- the camera zooms into you. But then you're you're no longer just limited to like uh, up and down. You're you're more around moving in a three D space. Not necessarily like a you're you can still see everything on the screen, but you can like move in like all circular directions and whatnot. It's not it's not Star Fox style where like it's actually a three D battlefield like style. It's it's a really hard thing to really describe. Yeah, I'm trying like, to remember. I mean the the if you think about like the different types of shooters you've got horizontal, vertical, you've got like the geometry wars where you've got like the space to move around in or if you yeah, get like so like think geometry Smash wars TV or something like that or so think geometry wars but except if you if you zoomed in that camera and it kind of turns into a bit more horizontal lateral type of deal going on. Oh, okay. I'm having trouble yeah. keeping up with yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you'll see, you'll see it when you'll be like, oh, okay, that's what he meant, because <laughs> I'm really bad at describing that kind of stuff. No, it's all right. But, but, uh, just overall, I mean, I'm not going to go uh, retread too much on what I've already said, but the, the game is just impressive on just multiple fronts. And it's not, the, the weird thing about it is that, especially, uh, in the side quest that, the you know what they're asking you to do doesn't seem significant in itself like you'll have you know your standard fetch quest you'll have your standard oh okay um look for this npc look for these collectibles and whatnot or escort this person and you know i mean that's kind of standard what we expect from side quests sometimes sometimes it's not like the most engaging thing on what you're actually doing but there, there'll be a point in the game where like when you start thinking about what the themes are in this game and where it why these side quests are even the thing, what they're trying to show you, what does the script say, and how these uh, characters interact with one, one one another. There's a certain point where it clicked for me, and it wasn't until like late into my first playthrough of that game, and then it really, and then I really got into it uh, on the second time through, yeah. um, where you know 
it's like, oh, this is why these side quests are like this. This is what they're actually trying to tell you. And then it, it all kind of connected to me. And it's like, this is actually kind of genius in a in a weird sense. Because Nier Automata really makes use of its medium as a video game. It's definitely, you feel like you're in control of it for 100% of the time. It really expands like the limits of what a video game could be and how gameplay could really like you know drive the narrative home and like the, as a result of like what you're doing you know things happen it's not necessarily that there are uh like optional like choices in the game I mean, there definitely are and you'll get you know some sort of conclusion to that or consequence to it but in terms of like when you think of it's very aware that you as a player are in front of your screen with a controller in hand and you see this HUD and you see these menus and they see how you care, interact with the characters and it makes, it takes advantage of that in very creative ways. And then, you know, uh, and this is a game that you of course encourages replaying because there are different things that happen on your concurrent playthroughs. The back half of this game, you know, it's, it's a lot of spoilers in there, but you know, you'll be doing a lot of different things and the way it kind of, reintroduces itself in the subsequent playthroughs is very like very special like it, it's it's very it's very significant the way it kind of reintroduces itself by reintroducing me stuff do you mean that um because if anyone who's played the original Nier, of course is that when you do uh get to the ending and you uh, you're allowed to like reload your save or continue the game and it starts up with like it starts from a different point of the game and you continue from there do you mean that like the gameplay style changes, or are you talking about that gameplay, the story perspective changes? Both. Game, okay. Gameplay definitely, uh, it's switched up story perspective is definitely uh, is altered. And then the way it's just like the cinematic presentation of like, like in the third playthrough, just very, very, very minor thing. It's just like it starts, the way it starts like, you know, showing like the credits of the, of the game uh, in that opening sequence and the way and where the logo decides like you know where the title card starts to like prop up it's all like it, it's all very well done because it's very deliberate it, oh. it really it's a very like a clincher moment of like oh shit you feel like this is where the real game begins you know because different stuff is already happening <laughs> i did hear like a lot of complaints about when when i was reading reviews and things like that mm-hmm. seeing on twitter people like oh they only got through two of the endings they didn't get to witness like when the game really opens up that's and i was wondering it, about that that critique. it's 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 uh it, it is a bit of a shame like you know if the, if people got through this and like didn't actually like because there are primary endings to this game like because there's a wealth of like different ones that are like, like an alternative dozen, joke right? yeah yeah there's like like over two dozen um, and it, it's all like you know very small things, but there are like five primary ones, and you don't really see this game as a whole package of what it's actually trying to show. Like it's like getting through an RPG, and you only played like you know a third of it, and you, and then you decided okay I'm done with it because it showed a credits roll and that's it, you know. And you know people are free to choose where they want to stop and playing a game, but I I heavily recommend that. They at least get through and like the the all the primary endings and see what this game has to offer because I think I think this is this game has a little bit of something for everyone because it speaks to us as people you know just in the way it kind of like shows different facets of like you know can I ask something about the subsequent playthroughs mm-hmm. yeah go I for don't it. really know how I want to ask this I'm just gonna okay. kind of blurt it out but right. in the original near 
I, I actually wasn't too much a fan of how they did it. It felt kind of clunky to me um, in that in a subsequent playthrough, basically what the main difference that you get in the original Nier is that you get to understand basically mm-hmm. like the speech of the enemies you're fighting. Mm-hmm. And it kind of basically just shows you, in, in a sense, a different side of the conflict and uh, basically showing you a different perspective that way. But I kind of felt like it was a bit clunky because it's like it felt like it was almost like now don't you feel don't you feel bad now what you did I mean, because I now did. you can under- <laughs> because because <laughs> now you can understand them. Um, to be but, fair, oh, I mean um... it, it just felt kind of clunky to me, like the way that's. Uh, okay, here's a minor spoiler point from the first near. I'm going to spoil okay. near. Skip ahead a minute if you don't want it spoiled. Sure. There's a part in the first near where there's a village of people um, that are attacked by like these wolf creatures, and they're in the in your first playthrough. It looks like it's just a massacre, and it's just like wow, this whole you know this village of people was basically just totally destroyed in one night by these wolf shade enemies. Um, but then in a second playthrough, you like see an additional scene where it showed these villagers like taunting and basically damaging the wolf's property too and they and it basically you basically learn that this was like a retaliation yeah and it just felt like a little clumsy to me like oh well mm-hmm. i can I see that i don't well, really feel it, it like, does make sense like they're not going to attack you if you leave them alone so that that yeah, does make some sense so yes it does like change your perspective like the wolves weren't like malicious i mean obviously they attacked very ferociously but it just it just kind of felt a little bit clunky to me. Like, now, don't you... Like, like it kind of beat you over the head with what I was trying to yeah. say, right? Didn't you felt like that? So that's and, one and of the things... There's also another okay. one with, like, a child and a robot, and I won't go into the details there, but it was kind of similar. Um, mm-hmm. And it just... It felt, like, a little bit clunky to me. Um, would you say that the second subsequent playthroughs on Nier Automata are... Uh, so the, the second... More nuanced, maybe, is what I'm hoping Yeah, the, the, the second the second playthrough... Uh, varies up in the sense that like you're going through similar things like you're witnessing similar events and but it's not to the it goes in a different direction than the first near does because you still get additional scenes but the way it contextualizes what you're doing and you know what the meaning almost like you know part of the meaning of what you're doing it's it doesn't really beat you over the head with it it's more subdued it likes to very much uh tell its story by showing not necessarily by like telling you out loud and it's not, not even necessarily like you know that was in the first year but it wasn't so much framing it as like hey what you're doing is bad like you know i can't believe what, what you're doing is bad it wasn't so much like like that at automata that it was in your at some parts it's a lot of it is very much linking together clues that they deliberately give you because there'll be little details that like they show you at that second playthrough that like they won't spell out like in a cutscene. Like it could be just like, for example, getting to know a boss's name, and then you'll be like, "What? Why are they showing me that?" And it's like, "Oh!" And then they like because when they show you like in maybe a little cutscene after beating that boss, it's like that's why they showed me that. That's why this boss is kind of here and the backstory behind that. And and it's it gets you really thinking. It doesn't really. It doesn't really go with like, oh, I can't believe you did this. It's more like this is the story behind what's going on around here. So it's definitely much in a different direction. It is in I, the same spirit, but a different direction. Yeah, is and the, the best way to describe it. 
I, I know it's one of those things that you kind of have to play it to understand it. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I have not played it yet. It's hard to but uh, it's like I. It sounds like it's like one of those things. Like in the first playthrough, it's kind of happening, and you're not sure why. Like there's this boss creature, you're not. You may not be sure what it is or who it is. And then on a subsequent playthrough, while it may not like tell you what or who it is exactly, you start to figure it out. Is that, mm-hmm. Am I close to the mark at all? Or? It, 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 it kind of, yeah. I mean, okay. yes and no. This is so kinda... incredibly vague, guys. <laughs> I don't know if we should be walking down this road if it's uh, going to be this vague. I mean, if you just had questions, I, I mean, I can. I'm only answering to the best of my extent. But you know, that's uh, sure. well, we'll keep we'll keep it there. But other than that, if anyone was like you know wondering like why is this even called near, I assure you that you know it does definitely have. Uh, you know, it does have references to first year, but it's sometimes at points there it goes beyond that. And it's not necessarily to the point that like you'll be completely lost if you didn't play the first year, but you'll get a way better appreciation just beyond the surface level of what's showing you if you have. And I, I think there's pretty powerful stuff in there. And if you're a fan of action RPGs or just kind of in games in general, I've had friends that like were kind of tired of playing video games. And they kind of uh, went into this not knowing much, and then they're like, "Wow, that's there's some really special stuff." So I mean, even if like games really aren't for you, I, I think they're still worth playing. There's a lot of uh, meaningful dialogue. And, I, uh, I've I've had a few of those experiences that like rekindle your like passion, if you will, for playing mm-hmm. video games. Um, where I, I've had a few of those types of games, so this sounds like this could be another one. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it definitely has like a similar effect on you, it, even to some extent. You know, we play a lot of long RPGs, and you know, sometimes the burn does get to you know our heads. Yeah. And you know, Automata really helped me uh, kind of respark, uh, you know, some of my passion for this uh, genre because it it really does feel, it does really respect you uh, in terms of like it's very much well aware that you know you're playing a video game once again, and it kind of fucks with you in really really fun ways. That's what I've always like kind of appreciated about Yokotaro's games is that. He does tend to go from a totally different perspective. He he likes to like uh, go at it at a different, totally different angle, and that's what I appreciate most about like the Japanese RPG, just because uh-huh. those games tend to be so out there and so different that it's it's something that you can really appreciate, and it really is something that we should address the fact that so we've reviewed hundreds of games on this site, you know, on RPG site. And we've only given at least what's what is it now the sixth game that we've given uh, a ten out of ten for after yes. Zelda last week. So yeah, um, and it's 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 pretty impressive uh, what they've been able to accomplish. And all it really took for them is to have uh, a very strong developer in Platinum Games to be able to take what was arguably the weakest part of Near the original uh, Near was the gameplay itself. Uh, even it, even people who really love that game are like, yeah, I guess it, it wasn't that great. It was kind of clunky at times. I mean, even someone like me who tends to be somewhat of an apologist for that game, it's still something that it's it's kind of hard to defend. Uh, but it looks like they took some of those same elements from the original game, such as the bullet hell mechanics. And don't you even get like a, a mount in this game as well, or something you can? Oh uh, yeah, you, yeah, you can use those drift boars <laughs> for sure. I mean, yeah. go go nuts. You're not even boars anymore. You can go moose if you want. <laughs> and it's, it's it's pretty cool. It's it's that uh, in the fact that you know the whole story itself is about an android and these clones and things like that, and it, they're trying to give some some sort of like consciousness to these clones, and that they kind of deserve to have that moral uh, the ability to discern uh, moral 
morals in their lives. And so I'm thinking that that's it's always an interesting thing. And I'm I'm glad that Yokotaro was able to do something like that, despite you know uh, being kind of out of work for the longest <laughs> time. He was out of work, and then Dragon Guard three, and he left Square Enix at that time, and now he's got Nier Automata. He's got that mobile game, and it makes you kind of curious about what exactly. Uh, he can he can do next. Maybe he'll oh, team up with he'll team up with Fumito Ueda and then he'll do something crazy. <laughs> oh man! The yeah, the just I really enjoy Yokotaro's works because he yeah. he he makes games that has themes that he actually despises. You know, like when he the, when he just goes into a game and like when he's kind of like pushed to you know make gameplay systems that involve like harming things you know like he's very he's been very vocal about like he doesn't like making games for like when you're like hurting stuff in general and you know drives that those themes home yeah so, and his, his stories tend to be kind of fucked up when it's like cannibalism yeah, <laughs> yeah murder like, you know? just... like the gameplay has never been good I, they never had like good gameplay and this is like the first game that he's worked on where the gameplay is um at par with the story which has already been pretty damn good and i yeah. assume that's why you, you gave it a 10 is because it was finally able to meet those expectations finally yeah and I'm, I'm glad that you know people who are going into it just like seeing their reactions to it and them talking about like shit that happens and like the way it affects them it's like it's it's always a, a treat to see that it's it's I kind of like still mind blown that a near sequel is kind of lighting up this like the gaming world at the moment and that's just a weird <laughs> weird thing to me so speaking of the ten out of ten, then is are you still playing Zelda as well? Then, yeah, I've, I've been uh, go like I've been kind of been a bad Switch owner, and I'm <laughs> haven't like played my Switch in a few days because after playing Nier Automata, I I don't really have much that much that that much time during the week uh, days to really play video games. Maybe like one and a half to two hours at most at night. So I've been kind of I've uh, been playing yeah I've been playing Super Robot Wars here and there. So I saw I, the I saw the pictures. You like you finally got to meet uh, Shinji <laughs> or at least that, yeah that story came it, in. yeah like a little over halfway into the game like the Evangelion plot finally like started to surface and that was it's kind of a weird thing because it's not as miserable as the the source material because of uh, certain other characters from other shows being better positive influences on Shinji like Koji from Mazinger and Doniger from Gundam Unicorn um, kind of just like hey you know don't be so down on like your dad kind of treating you like shit because we were kind of in a similar situation we're kind of making the most of it <laughs> and uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool to see that like, you know Shinji's a much more positive character just get much more hopeful <laughs> and I, I kind of enjoy that <laughs> So I'm not uh, familiar with a lot of these franchises. I am familiar with Evangelion. Yeah, uh-huh. but it, it it does seem like it's kind of like really great in a way. How a fan, how I, I consider like a Super Robot Wars is definitely like a fan service game, like crossover, yeah. oh, no doubt. things like that. But like, and in like how it like acknowledges these sorts of things and almost like rectifies them in a way um, for the fans. Like, what if Shinji kind of got over his issues? And <laughs> this is how we'll do it with this game. With the yeah. other characters, so it, it, that just seems like a really cool way to approach it. The, like it, people give uh, SRW shit for you know kind of uh, reusing animations assets. You know, for like in this game, for example, it, the, some of the returning uh, series, some of their attacks, you know, are straight like asset animation rips from uh, the previous entry. But when you think about the writing side of it, which is a lot of the English fan base has never really engaged with for obvious reasons. Um, it's very clever how the how hard the writers have to kind of make everything fit 
but in a very natural way. So, like for example, in the in this new SRW game, like when the Evangelion plot plot, uh, plot already surfaces, like the whole Earth is already red, uh, like the oceans are already red, and Man, you know, that's, it just that's kinda... me, it just reminds me that like we're still waiting for four <laughs> like, yeah, this is gonna yep. this is like supposed to be like a substitute until then. You know, he's mm-hmm. too, Hideaki Anno is too busy with Godzilla, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, I don't, what is he on? Like Godzilla already came out. Is he? What else is he still doing? I don't know. Should we look it up and see? I, I'm pretty sure like, he's he's helping on a on a on a new thing. I forget what it was. Like he was collaborating with another. I'm not too sure. See, I bring you, it you, up you, and all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can look it up because uh, uh, I'll I'll talk about it a little bit more SRW because I, yeah, yeah. It's just so when the Evangelion plot already starts, the the state of the world is already kind of similar to how Evangelion was at the end of it. But the the plot reasons for the Earth already being fucked up, one of the Earths being already fucked up, because in is in like an alternate dimension in that game, uh, is due to like just hum- constant warfare between various like factions uh, in that world, like Neo Zeon from Unicorn versus um, what was it? What was that faction called? There's like dragons from Cross Ange already coming over too. I forgot the other Cross faction. Ange. I think it, it's actually Cross Ange isn't like awful in it. I swear. Because <laughs> uh, it was awful. I thought the show itself was pretty bad, but that's. I strange. think I think Ange uh, is actually a, a cool character, like uh, in general, like the way she develops in the show. Uh, I kind of that's one of the big, one of the few big like positives about it. But just her being in this uh, game is a really makes her character shine because she has a very down-to-earth look and attitude she just is like i don't understand this guy's like oh hot bloodedness and i don't understand this guy's like oh we got to concentrate and like uh like you know to live or like she's just very just upfront like i don't understand any of that vague bullshit you know all i want to do is i want to survive and i'm gonna do whatever the fuck it takes to survive uh and whatnot sounds like my sort of character yeah, yeah. She's, she's pretty cool but, yeah but the reason the earth uh Water is already red because of like getter rays from like the Shin Getter Robo or the Getter Robo universe and whatnot, and just like the different like elements of that like being infused into another already established plot line is very cool. How uh, how cro- how cohesive this crossover plot is and, like most other crossover plots like Project Cross Zone is like I don't know fuck. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like just kind of stacking it on like just like building blocks instead of like jenga where you're actually trying to fit pieces into to make it more solid instead i guess that's the most the best way i can actually describe it but other than that besides uh near and super robot wars i i'm i'm playing been playing a little bit more zelda like i have a few more hours into it i still i actually really like the game i just when i when i sit down and play breath of the wild i feel like i have to play it for an extended amount of time to like really appreciate it i can't yeah. play it in short spurts and I, I I wish I had a like a, a more mobile lifestyle in which I can actually take full advantage of the handheld mode, but I'd really have no reason to because I'm usually busy when I'm outside the house. You know, yeah. like uh, what I used to do is like I would you know take my Vita to work and then just use during my lunch break just play a bunch of games. <laughs> but that's just I, don't, I I eat during lunch though. <laughs> I do too. I just I eat fast. I actually oh, I, yeah. just, I, I, I personally have never car. been good at like what? I, I personally kind of what Josh is saying like I've never been good at playing in like. 30 minutes spurts. like whenever i go to like sit down and play a game like i have to play it for like two hours or more yeah for me it's like an hour an hour and a half so i can't uh, like play during breaks it's, it's just too it's short tough. like it has to be oh, it has to be a more mobile device like like 3ds uh like i think like for certain games that could really do that like puzzle games for example 
but in terms of like RPGs, I can't. It's hard for me to play an RPG. I I beat Valkyria Chronicles three on my lunch breaks. I just what I did was like I would take my lunch, <laughs> I go straight to my car, eat my lunch in about ten minutes, and then spend the other thirty minutes just playing games, and that was fine by me. But you know, that's that's I, I was also pretty busy back then, so. Zelda is really cool. I just yeah. barely got. I, I went to the first like main story village and got a new piece of equipment. Finally, got on my undergarments in that game, and it's been just the sense of like scale and the way you traverse that game. It it's one of those weird open world games that like I really feel like I'm in control of like where I'm going. There's not like any weird sort of like restrictions that bar me from where I want to go. Like if I go to a really bad place, sort of like Dragon's Dogma, like I've, if I'm in a really bad place, I know I'm gonna get fucked up. I can always turn tail and run, or if I'm really, really feeling risky, just go for it. There's not like so any arbitrary, like oh this zone is blocked off because you don't have the proper, like you know tools for this. Just uh, from the get go, after like the main quote unquote prologue section, they kind of give you your main tools to explore around. Well, I, I know that. what Alex is saying, kind of, but basically what you were saying, like, if you want, you can go to Hyrule Castle right away, but you're probably yeah. going to get your butt kicked. Now, there, I know there's been some speedrunners who have, you know, managed their way somehow. <laughs> yeah, you it's, know, an, it's actually been an really funny. Like, yeah. I think part of the speedrun strats for this is they have to, like, construct a catapult for themselves at yes. a certain angle to get there. <laughs> so I, I imagine that's going to be using, like, the, what was it, the stasis tool because you can like free stuff and then as they're frozen in stasis you can kind of sort of build up their momentum by hitting on them and then the the severity of that momentum is based on how many hits you do it while it's frozen and then you just like kind of hang on for dear life after it goes <laughs> after it goes out of stasis and there you go <laughs> so I, I really want to do more of that and yeah. I, I think the the main charm in breath of the wild is just how kind of empty the map is like it when you, you feel like you're mapping it kind of like Etrian Odyssey style, sure there are towers that show like the, uh, the general terrain and landscape of it, but in terms of like icons, there's going to be, there's no icons that like necessarily tell you, hey, like there's a thing over here. It's like you, you mark that yourself and whether you want to place a stamp on it like for future reference, like say, oh, there was like a house here with like a recipe that you just place a stamp there for like like when you go back to it in the future not not everything's like filled out for you in your face like hey here's that thing over here there's 10 things over there there's 30 collectibles in this area it's like you know just go find it and see see whatever catches your eye you know and i think that just having that sense of like i don't feel pressured to like go to a certain place like i can just go wherever i want and if i see something really cool i'll go over there and interact with it so i've been i've been enjoying that a, a whole lot just whenever I have time to really sit down and engross myself into it. So that's, it's kind of been more of the same on my end for, for games other than just like, just catching up on my anime backlog and that's it. Well, awesome. So that's, you've obviously been playing way more games than I think the rest of us have been. I know Adam, you've been, uh, you were mentioned last week that you finally wanted to get into the genealogy of the Holy War, the, the Fire Emblem game from Hell ages yeah. ago. How's that been treating you? Yeah. So, Late last year, I played, um, well, what's it called? New Mystery of the Emblem, Heroes of Light and Shadow. That's quite um, the that, name. <laughs> that's, that's the Fire Emblem that came out right before Awakening, and it was never localized. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great it. game. It's actually, Is it? It, it, feels, it feels pretty similar to, uh, to uh, Path of Radiance to me, um, and, but it has some like light Awakening style. Like You have your own character that you create, 
yeah. um, that you play with and things like that. Um, it's a lot better than uh, Shadow Dragon for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shadow Dragon being a lot the remake of, of the original. A lot of these are better than Shadow Dragon. Yeah. So. Uh, well, so with the uh, with the Gaiden remake coming out, Fire Emblem uh, Echoes. Echoes. Which is a remake of this of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which is the second game. Uh, I just kind of decided, you know what? I've I've been meaning to do this for a long time, and that's play the SNES games. Um, Genealogy of the Holy War being the one that's really uh, highly regarded. Um, and so that I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play through this now because why not? Sure. And Got some time. it's like it didn't take me long to kind of see why people like it so much. It's the main thing that kind of that sticks out when you first start playing it, um, and is really the one thing that's known about it, even if you haven't played it, is that the maps are huge. Um, and the way that the game is kind of like organized is quite a bit different from the other games in terms of like. Uh, you'll have all these different story events and plot sequences and things like that that kind of happen like during a chapter. Um, so while there's only like 11 chapters in the game or something like that compared to like the 30 in Awakening or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, 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 it, these chapters are long and they're like multiple parts. And the whole scale of everything, of everything is bigger, not just the map size, but like even things like for example, you can use your entire army in every map in every chapter. Whereas <laughs> yeah. in, most, oh, God. in most Fire Emblems, you have to pick and choose kind of which characters you want to use, and some characters you just kind of sit on the bench. Um, so you can use your you can use your entire army in every map, but also even things like with story progression, like how time passes. Like while these maps kind of take a while, like in terms, like these maps can sometimes take you know two three hours to complete because they're long, but like. The passage of time in the game is like this could be, you know, a month days, a month yeah. long uh, skirmish, uh, and years can pa- a year or two can pass in between levels. Um, it it kind of felt weird at first because, like for example, the main character Sigurd, he meets a girl Daedra, and then like in the second conversation, in the second conversation you see between these two, they basically fall in love, and it kind of feels it felt a little bit awkward at first because it felt like wow that was quick. You know, just imagine are... like if the, every like battle you have in an RPG, there's a big time skip in between each and every random encounter you have. There you go. <laughs> it, it's basically that. Uh, and so they fall in love like in their second conversation with each other. And then like in the very next map, it's like we're married and have a kid. Like, whoa, uh, these things are moving fast. <laughs> yeah, like, it, feel, it feels kind of fast, but it's it's that's just kind of the time scale we're talking about here. Um, I mean, and this game is called Genealogy of the Holy War. So. Um, kind of the big thing about it is at the halfway point, uh, there's actually this kind of cool sequence that happens, and then there's a, a 17 or 18 year time skip where you play as the the characters that you played in the first five chapters. You played as all their descendants, and there's this really interesting mechanic in how you like pass down traits and weapons and armors and special things. Uh, I actually spent quite a bit of time trying to min max in a sense, like okay, well, who, how do I uh, get the best children? You know, eugenics and whatnot. Uh, so, um, but it, it's kind of neat how it works. And let me just say that the game is very playable. So don't, just because it's an SNES game, I mean, actually a lot of SNES games uh, have aged pretty well, I think. Yeah, oh, I, I still enjoy them a lot. Holds yeah, up. so this game, it holds up very well. It's very playable. Um, it's not like it doesn't feel like an old game. It feels like, like a, it feels like the GBA Fire Emblems with just a little, a couple of differences. Uh Probably the most annoying thing is that uh, you cannot trade 
items or equipment between characters. You have to like do something silly, like you sell the item and then you have to buy it from another character, and each character has like their own money stash. So that's probably the weirdest thing. Hey, refresh my memory on on uh, genealogy. Wasn't it uh, also one of the rare Fire Emblem games, and like where when you promote uh, when you do a class promotion, it doesn't set them back to level one, right? Yeah. So like yeah. each character has thirty levels, so they they can go up to a max of thirty, and basically once they hit twenty, you can promote them. Um, so there's really no reason not to. Okay. The, yeah, the only yeah. thing the only thing that's kind of different about it is that you have to go back to the base to do it. And because these maps are so huge, like sometimes you'll have a character get to level 20, but it, you can't just you don't need a seal or anything like the other games. You, um, you have to you have to basically take the time when you can to send this character back to base to have them upgrade. Um, so and there's nothing in like in the other games, you, once a character gets to level like 10, you can do it. But then you might want to hold off on it because you want to get some extra levels the way they work. But this game, you basically just want to do it as soon as you can. I also, um, I, also th- I also think Genealogy was the first one to do the Weapons Triangle. I think so. Uh, I, I have not played the, the NES games. I know the remakes of those have Weapon Triangles. Yeah. The original versions did not. Um, one thing about this game that um, some criticisms, I guess, is because the maps are so huge, it does feel like the characters that are on horseback or flying characters are like way more useful in this game than other games like that that disparity is a little bit higher because movement is very important uh and also uh every map kind of has the same general structure in that you're basically conquering castles as you as you basically sweep the map um it does the levels design does some cool things where like you have some there's some points you have to like split your armies or then you have to send an army back to base to protect it or things like that but most of the time it is just kind of sweeping your army across maps to clear castles <laughs> yeah whereas i don't i don't think it was until the next game thracia 776 uh which actually started to introduce like alternative objectives those are things like like defending or escaping um, just kind of mix things up a bit. I think Thracia Seven Seven Six added those things, but otherwise, it's a really great game. And I'm actually kind of at the point where so Fire Emblem is probably my favorite franchise in general. But it's like well, now, where do I place this game in like my mental ranking? Man, it's Ooh. like is it is <laughs> it tough. is it my most favorite? Does it beat Path of Radiance? I don't know. Uh, so I, it's definitely top three for me. It, it's up there. It's for sure yeah. up there. But I I, I kind of need to sit on it for a bit. Yeah, it's um, tough. Genealogy and, is a really good game. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, I played a an updated translation that that just started last year. I guess Fire Emblem being a little bit, you know, of a bigger property these days, more a little bit more recognized. Kind of some people just took the you know initiative, like you know what, let's update this. Uh, well, the original translation was actually never finished. Like the epilogue stuff was never completed, I believe. So not only did they finish that, but they upgraded like things like character names and item names to the more, to the to the to the names that they use nowadays. Like for example, um, brave weapons. If you play Fire Emblem, you know what a brave weapon is. It basically, gives you an extra attack. In the original game, I guess the more direct translation is hero weapon, but they changed that to brave and just other things like that, uh, keeping it consistent with the rest of the games. But yeah, it's it's really great, and I'm kind of wondering if I want to try to somehow fit in playing Thracia 776 before Final Mechos releases. I really, 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 really hope that they get around to remaking Genealogy the same way they're doing it with Gaiden. 
Yeah. Oh my god, can you even imagine what this game would be like if they modernized it yet kept its like, systems the same? It. I, I, if they did modernize it, I kind of hope they keep the aesthetic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I hope they do it like the the Echo style, where like it seems like they're just like doing yeah. it, like giving it a, a graphical polish, but not really touching the systems in itself. So 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 Gaiden and Thracia Seven Seven Six are the only games I haven't played. And I, from what I know, those games are kind of the weirdest. Like Gaiden mm-hmm. has like Gaiden dungeons. is it has like yeah, dungeons it, or something. It like, is. It's like a dungeon crawler slash. Strategy RPG. Gaiden is a really weird game in general. I don't know how that even works. beyond that. <laughs> but and then like Thracia Seven Seven Six. I don't know much about it, but I know it has like apparently every map is a fog of war map. Apparently it's ridiculously tricky, and you can like take captives or something, and it's just some weird things that it does that no other Fire Emblem games can do. Yeah, and then there's like a, so, some weird like fatigue system in Thracia oh yeah, as well. Like, characters can only like act so many times before they have to sit out a battle or whatever. So. Uh, I, I kind of want to play it just to, just to experience. I, it. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where you fall through Asia because I actually kinda, I, I, I know the some people who I say am, it, I actually I know some, like it. I know some people who say Thracia Seven Seven Six is their favorite Fire Emblem. That's a risky. Uh, that's a risky. But statement. then I know some people who are like 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 they actually get like angry when they talk about it. Like, oh yeah, I definitely I don't have my fair share of friends. Is like <laughs> they think of Thracia, they're like, why why did you mention that again? <laughs> You don't talk about that. I know. It's like a forbidden word. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think but, about. Isn't that the game that came out like the same year as the PlayStation 2? Yeah, I, I didn't realize how <laughs> oh, yeah. late it was. Like it came out mm-hmm. in like 1999 or 2000 or something. I think like it was that. 2000. Yeah. 2000. Like, oh, this is sorry, an it, was, it, was septem- it was September 1st, 1999, so, but it was a few months before the PlayStation 2 was introduced. So, like, yeah. I didn't realize. It, I thought it was older than that. Like. No, no. <laughs> this is why the creator of Fire Emblem got fired, <laughs> or at least he he left because he he didn't want to make any games for the N sixty four. Yeah, because the PS two came out on March fourth of two thousand, so that was like that's six months after uh, that Thracia seven seven six came out. So, a Super Nintendo game in nineteen ninety nine. Just think about it. So good, so holy, good. Holy shit. Well, I mean, <laughs> Genealogy of the Holy War was nineteen ninety six, which I like, guess maybe there were still, still games good. coming out in ninety six. That, 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 that was that's still a little bit later than I expected. Yeah, Treasure yeah. Hunter G, weird. I think it was yeah. ninety six as well. So like they were, they were getting up there. It's okay. Apparently, there's still uh, Super Nintendo games or some sort still getting made today. So I, I, I see oh, stuff yeah. like fan Dreamcast games being oh, made. Oh yeah, hey. or, or Super or regular Nintendo games. There was that like shooter game that came out like earlier in 2016 i think but oh yeah yeah something i want to pick up i think there's like some sort of fighting game being made for the snes as well oh man that rings a bell like i I can't remember anything about it but that yeah i think it was like late last year they announced it i don't know if that ever came out i i'd really want to see it it's pretty nuts but in, in any case, so you've got that to look forward to. I mean, it. Uh, I mean, you've got a couple months before a Gaiden game comes out, so it sounds like you would have enough time to fit in another one if you. It's just kind of to. an arbitrary like limit. Obviously, I don't yeah. have to play it before then, but just like you know, you're, just you're to kind of tired of Fire Emblem by right. then, <laughs> like nonstop Fire Emblem. I don't know. Adam seems like he could like live in Fire Emblem if he really wants to. Yeah, I put a yeah. hundred hours into uh, Fates, like within two weeks last year oh god <laughs> i basically played those three versions back to back to back and oh, then i did the dlc which is kind of like another half game how was the dlc anyway like i, I what you mean the, the the dlc path or is there like more story related well, dlc there was one dlc like just like the other like like awakening fates had oh, some yeah. just had some like individual dlc just like uh silly things but it had like a like a 
five or six level like sequence of things. It was kind of like an alternate universe type uh, type story. And That's it, not Revelations, is it? Or is that Revelations? No, it's not Revelations. Okay. It kind of it kind of like mirrors Revelations, but it's not. Um, is it worth it? I never leave it, it back to it. Revelations? Uh, well, not Revelations. I, I played Revelations, say, but I mean... The, let me just the say Fire Emblem... Okay, I know what you're asking, but Fire um, Emblem Conquest is by far the best part of that stuff of Fates is Fire Emblem Conquest. I think we all yeah. agree to that, yeah. yeah the, the DLC is uh, is okay, but it's definitely not like a must-play. Uh, I don't even remember much of like Birthright and Revelations at all. It's like a blur. Birthright is basically... Like the story, all it is is you go from one kingdom to the other, killing stuff along the way. Like that's really all it is. <laughs> and I don't know the story. Revelations is, is Revelations a mess. That's all it I is. It is kind of like. Let me just say, like I don't think uh, Fates' story is probably one of the weakest ones in the series. Mm-hmm. To be honest, bad. Like some of the other games, like like Fire Emblem uh, Blazing Sword, which is the just Fire Emblem in the United Blazing States. Sword. Like the story isn't like especially like unique or in-depth but i think it's like serviceable and it works and it's interesting enough um, keeps you engaged on, and then like, the, the i think the telius the telius games the gamecube and Wii, are i think those are very interesting and also while they're not while they have some misfires i think they're just very ambitious and i think i give it some props just for that and then um the story in genealogy of the holy war is, is really interesting in a sense uh just the scale of everything and how it works and that that midpoint scene where basically the time skip happens, like mm. it, it it's it's it, it actually kind of like like I actually got angry at the uh, I felt shell shocked at, <laughs> at Arvis. Uh, I guess uh, spoiler, okay. but like when he basically pulls off what he pulls off there, he's like, "How damn you, <laughs> you piece of shit!" <laughs> like, but anyways, uh, yeah, the fate stuff, the DLC, like it had some, it had like an interesting final boss, and also the final level music is really neat. It's it's the uh, it's Azura's or Aqua's song, only it's okay. being sung by by her son, who is uh, in English because the game's only in English, voiced by Matthew Mercer, and he oh, does like wow. a pretty good job of it. I'm like, wow, Matthew Mercer can actually do some singing. So, but yeah, the the, the DLC itself is kind of is okay. just kind of whatever. It's it's not bad. It's just there. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, for me, it's it's been kind of just more of the same, really. I mean, I did review Atelier Ferris. You can look up the review up on the site, though. But basically, it was just way more impressive compared to uh, Atelier Sophie was. Atelier Sophie. I'm, I'm not going to say Atelier Sophie. I, l- I learned not long after someone actually messaged me and said, hey, you know, the dub, people made fun of that because the way they said it. So I'm going to go back to Atelier. So, uh, yeah, Atelier <laughs> Sophie was a disappointment because it was on the PlayStation 4 and it wasn't so much like that. But Ferris uh, was a very impressive game that just could have probably had a better combat system. So that's kind of what you guys can find out on the site. I, also, I actually fi- uh, found out something really funny about uh, Ferris. Apparently, like, the speedrun strats for that are... Speedrun strats? Who fucking like, speedruns that series? Like, they do, they do, they mess the crossplay in it because there's a way to get your uh, console saves to the PC by doing PS4 to Vita to PC and like, you have to, like, kind of alter something in the file 
of course, for for it to accept the Vita version. But when you do it, it kind of fucks up the PC version in a weird way that benefits speedrunners. Oh, fuck <laughs> off really this. Funny. I understand Final Fantasy speedruns because there's ways to do that. But Tiller series does not cater to the speedrunning community. That's the fact that you're putting both those things in the same sort of conversation just blows my mind. It's really so. funny. I, lo- I, lo- I loved it. Ridiculous. How significant is the the Sophie plot into the Theorist? Uh, I mean, she up. literally shows up in the in the in the game, and she does play a, a role in there, and she joins your team. So there's there's definitely uh, ways in that. Hold on, I got a plane coming back. <laughs> All right, so yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's a good story, but the problem is is that it's not as fascinating as the Dust subseries was, which was um, Atelier Aisha, Escalanji, and Shally. Uh, it was more interesting with those games because it was about a world that was facing desertification, which means just the world was turning to a desert. So that was a more fascinating approach to it. In this, there's not really been the stakes. Not that I really necessarily need high stakes to enjoy this series. I think my review kind of comes across as that. I don't necessarily need that. I just enjoy the comfort that the game allows so the so Sophie does show up and there so does Plakta of course the book uh and they and they both play a significant role and it's just that they did make a lot of changes to to the way that the game is designed um hmm. but the most significant thing is once again is the maps themselves like those levels themselves are are far bigger than Gus has ever done so Ooh, they're, okay. they're very very big like we're talking as big as say a tales game <laughs> so there the and there's multiple cities to visit and multiple i mean they're not really cities i don't want to give the illusion that there's like a big bustling cities there's a problem like with the, the fact that the, yeah they're like towns but it's it's also the fact that some of the towns are kind of not well designed because there's like cordon <laughs> off areas you have to go like around like a, a like there's a river that goes through a town and so you have to like cross these bridges and there's a lot of dead ends it's really shitty so like that was annoying for me but also there's it's almost like the towns are a little bit deserted because there's very few people that are actually roaming about i mean they're kind of spaced in a way that doesn't necessarily make it that big a deal but um it's it's just the fact that there's just it just feels like yeah there should have been like you feel like just the way the this environment works. You feel like there should be a lot more people like around here. Yeah, so there are definitely more towns than there are cities. But it, you do think you do feel that Gust is really. Um, they they did put a lot of work into this. It's very evident that they did, and it's pretty uh, ambitious for them to be doing something like that, especially for a midquel. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see what they'll do with the third game in this trilogy and how they'll go from there. It's uh, it's making me wonder if they'll eventually decide to drop the Vita just so that they can really focus on delivering a very strong uh, game going forward. Yeah, they, but... they remember, I remember they like teased like a, an Atelier Project 18 or something, like yep. a Tokyo game show. Earlier so, this, we'll actually, see. earlier this year, they released that uh, 20th oh, okay. anniversary trailer. Um, yeah, the Vita version, fucking terrible. Like, have really? you seen the footage of that? It's like they're... Uh-uh. It's like very... Uh, 
artifacty. It's it's very uh, compressed. It's very oh no. the chuggy frame rate, it's even in the first town. Basically, like the, the the models are, they're not even like full models. It doesn't like that. They're, they're like oh kind of like almost stick figures in a way, and it's what? it's very and there's a lot of aliasing. It's just it's uh, pretty bad. Like Gus has done a very atrocious job with the Vita, and it lends itself to the fact that the Vita just can't keep up anymore. It's it's the there's memory limitations there, so it would have really surprised me if they would have been able to fit that game on the Vita to begin with. Um, there's also been some issues on on like the PC side as well. I mean, they I wonder... launched at a missing with the they launched without the ten percent discount on accident, so people got charged oh, more than God. they should have. So they had that to like, return their games and buy it again. So it was uh, a lot of shitty mm, stuff. Not a good look. I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna go the way of Falcom, like how Cold Steel Three is now just PS4 because they're like, hey, we can't we can't fit this thing in the Vita. They really need to because Cold Steel Three uh, looks very impressive uh from the design perspective and the changes that they're making from the you know the turn-based combat and just the ui itself i saw some pictures where like the ui in chosen cold steel 3 doesn't even have the black box anymore it's just straight up subtitles Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they're trying to make it more cinematic clearly so i'm i'm impressed with that and i and i do feel like gus did a, a tremendous job um trying to finally do what i wish they would have done with uh sophie uh, Atelier Sophie, uh, which was make a game that feels like it really took advantage of the hardware, and they clearly did that here. And it's weird that the PS4 version doesn't really necessarily have the technical issues that the Vita version. I mean, it's not oh, weird. Not. The Vita version sucks, but th- the fact that it's it's relatively smooth throughout the game. And it's night and day. There's Just... some parts for sure, like there's like this foggy forest where you do definitely notice it, but most of the way, it's it's not really a problem. So uh, I do I did appreciate that, and I'm hopeful that they, they'll be able to do something even more significant going forward. The fact that they're putting out an Atelier game once a year, which they've been doing for a while now, or at least a game a year. They've got Knights of Azure 2, of course, but I'm assuming that game is just going to be like the first, where it's going to be a lot of, you know, castles and dungeons. And uh, they, like they also have uh, Blue Reflection as well. Yes, this month. that game looks pretty cool, and that's out at the end of this month. So. I, I I think it's really cool. I don't know if they did this with the previous iterations, but I heard from a friend on like the Fierce, uh like music DLC. There's like a 2.1 gigs of like all the past Atelier games. Oh, just they've for, been for doing that, that. It's just the fact but, that. It's... But they had like they also have Monokamia as well. I heard. Yes. Oh, they they oh, wow. they've had that before. Yeah, that's cool. That's and something I, that they. I, I haven't games. played the Atelier series here, but I like. One of my favorite things. Don't in say my... Atelier. We we talked about this. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Which way do you want to say it? Is it Atelier? Atelier. No, I'm not going to do the French. Just go ahead. I was just, I was just teasing you. Go ahead. What? Okay. Whatever. I know Atelier is more like for the. No, actual let's stop work. talking about the name. Let's. What, what's your question? <laughs> okay. All I was <laughs> really going to say was off. like I love like music references to like earlier games. Yes. Um, remixes or reprises or things like that. So the fact that you can like literally take any music from any Atelier or. Monokamiya related games is I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that you're able to do that. I mean, for me, um, I don't always use it that much just because I still want to at least experience what the composer was able to do with that. But after you beat the game or gotten far enough that maybe you're tired of listening to the same music, yeah, you can straight up go way back to the very first Atelier game back on the PlayStation One. That's so, so cool. and all the games that have never or never released in the West, they still put that in there. But yeah, like you have to download it. I imagine it's because of the Vita. Uh, and also, you know, people downloading digitally, it's like maybe they don't want all that. And so they just included the Sophie soundtrack by default. Then you can download the rest of it. Yeah, it's over two gigs for sure. 
and I it, it, once again it's free, so why not? And it's it's something that they keep adding. Someone asked if they can put that back into Sophie. I'm like, dude, it's it's not gonna. They're not gonna release like updated DLC or whatever. It's, it's they want you to buy the new game. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's but it's awesome. Yeah, you just have to go to like the inside the shop itself. There's a part where like in the same menu where you save it, you can change all the music of the game from the battle to the town music to. Um, the journey like the uh excuse me like when you're walking around outside on the field so it's it's very very um it's a very welcome feature that they have i'm a, I'm a, I'm a little jealous because srwv has a similar feature where you can like you know transfer over your own custom vgms to, <laughs> we got uh, trouble into for it. that we but, did that. But, <laughs> but like there's a weird 900 megabyte limit to that so like anything that oh. that goes over that you can't you have to like either like delete the whole thing and like get it so it's underneath 900 megabytes wait and are you the, doing like flack or or something like that no, or like, cause, well, how you no, because how you get 900 no, on music because because you i have like someone made a compilation like a zip folder like all the significant tracks uh, that you want but they're like 15 minute versions of them because if you <laughs> if you let that song run out in the game it'll like glitch out and go back to like the re- regular uh like version it has already baked into the game, just like oh, the like, right, instrumental mix. That doesn't sound like that. it's implemented very well. Yeah, no. it's 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 a, it's also weird because when you like transfer them, it actually transfers that music like directly over from your USB stick to the PS4, so you can you don't need the USB stick in it. So that's why they had that weird arbitrary 900 megabyte limit, and I have no reason. I still don't know why that's like still a weird thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty bizarre, but. So aside from playing Atelier Ferris, though, um, I also recently started playing Lumo, which is one of the PlayStation Plus games that came out. I think it's this month's release, which is like a, it's a modern day Solstice. Uh, so for people who played that back on the on the regular Nintendo, it's kind of like a, sort of a uh, angled perspective of a of a room, and so it's a, it's a puzzle game. So you go room to room to room and solve different puzzles and avoid traps and stuff like that. Uh, so I've been playing that. I today I had a power surge, and so what happened once I turned the PS4 back on actually corrupted my data. Oh um, no! But I can still load it. But every time I go to a different room or collecting uh, uh or uh, grabbing a, a collectible, it throws up a this data is corrupted error, and my ah. main menu pulls up, and I just have to keep closing that after every single room. That so sucks. it works. But I guess this was also a problem on the PC version. Or like the earlier PlayStation 4 version, maybe? Because people had talked about that, too. And there was a patch that was supposed to fix it. But I guess it came back recently. I don't know. It's a bug that I don't assume they'll fix. The the, the recent uh, PlayStation 4 firmware update kind of did a weird thing uh, on my end where I booted it up and I saw corrupted data on, like, my... I had Gravity Rush 2 in there. And I had to, like, uh, eject the disk and put it back in. Hopefully it works. I haven't booted, booted it up. But, like, when I, when I went back to that uh, home menu, it just said, like, in a box, corrupted data. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's it's something you might want to be concerned about. I mean, I myself did the uh, rebuild the database thing, and that still didn't fix that particular issue. But, yeah, by the way, PlayStation 4.50. Fucking amazing, because not only is it great that it's got all these features, but one of the coolest features that they added is that if you go to a game that's on the main bar and hit the options button, you're able to like upload multiple or download multiple save files right from there instead of having oh, really? to go through like deep into the menus to find like your save data manager. So that's that's, that's something cool. that they added, and also. Uh, something I missed on 4.0, it's that un- if you hold the PlayStation button, you can actually view your trophies from there instead of having to le- or instead of having to go back to the uh, the main bar that they've got there. So 
just that thing's freaking impressive. But other than that, I need that, to it's... start uh, thinking about getting like an external hard drive. I really need that. Yeah, I've seen some good sales on that stuff. Like there was a two terabyte for about sixty bucks that I was about oh, to okay. pick up. So, but yeah, it's really nice to have that feature. And I, and the custom wallpaper is also pretty cool. I posted a dumb picture on Twitter. Uh, on our Twitter account, <laughs> it's just quality TA from the Persona Four animation with their graph deck. Oh, I just did. I did a repeated shot of that. Like I, I did like one of those. Like uh, I copied it over and over and made it a wallpaper and post that, so people can That's go funny. and enjoy that. So other Good. than that, those two games, though, it's it's um, a lot of Battle High School on the mobile device, but uh, I'm. After this, I'm looking forward to Toki Den 2 do reviews. So that's kind of I'm just kind of relaxing until I have to get super deep into that game. That's an actual as, as opposed to Fer- Ferris. It's an actual open world game. So I'm I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Yeah, I'm really excited for that, especially with all the freaking armor that that game has. Like I'm excited to see what the new designs are. Like that game has <laughs> such good art. Um, so let's go ahead then. Uh, if there's nothing else to talk about, let's go straight into the news of the past week. So this is um, we're going to start off with perhaps the the most recent news that we've got here during a pax panel yesterday on march the 10th uh they announced the final fantasy 12 the zodiac age uh which will be out sometime in july i forget what date it is july 11th excuse me thank you uh they announced a limited edition still book uh that'll be out in both the standard version of the game but also a what are they calling it? Is that a collector's edition? Adam, you, you know about this. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll break it down. So there's <laughs> a couple you. of weird editions here. So <laughs> first of all, the regular plain old standard edition, uh, it's 50 bucks. Uh, and if you get a first print edition, the normal cover is just the, 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 the original PS2 cover in America. It's just got the judge um, with the logo. But you get you, in the normal edition, if you get a pre- if you get a first print bonus, you get that reversible new artwork um, from uh, uh, what's the, what's that artist's name? I can't remember. Oh, don't, don't ask me to like remember our artist's name on the spot. <laughs> yeah, blah. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so then you can also for the same price get a steelbook edition, which basically just comes with that art on a steelbook. And that that steelbook edition also comes up comes at least the label says has the background music DLC which includes a code for the original soundtrack. So I guess if you don't get that version, you cannot get the original soundtrack. It's a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's, I, it's I guess uh, it also Akihiko Yoshida. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, but I guess that means the soundtrack has been redone in some way. Um, yeah, yes. they mentioned in the PAX panel of, uh, during the gameplay that they actually re-recorded. Uh, all the music in the game with a live orchestra. That's cool. Yeah, that was that was their intention from the start, and they also uh, the, the, when they first announced this that they were going to redo the audio, not redub it or anything, like bring the voice actors back in, but fix up the audio so it doesn't sound like they're speaking in a tunnel like the original game had it. Yeah, so, I remember we expressed a lot of worries about that last T three when we got our hands on it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they've actually shown any footage so far. That's. The, they have the, at oh. the, the PAX panel. They showed the footage, and yeah, the the voice quality isn't like they're in a tunnel anymore. Good. It's actually, yeah. So, so uh, that's already been fixed. Yeah, anyone who's played the original Final Fantasy twelve knows that. But uh, I think the voice acting is great. It sounds like a stage I, yeah. play, but the quality of it sounded like they were in like a tunnel or something. Yeah. So they're just trying to clean it up as much as possible. Um, and then so. 
there's also a digital version you can get on PSN, which that comes with like four tracks of, from the soundtrack, uh, as well as a theme. And then the special, the Super Collector's Edition. So this is two hundred dollars Square Enix store only, and it's Square Enix store exclusive, which a lot of their big collector's editions are. Yeah. And so it comes with the Steelbook as, again, but it comes in addition the busts of each of the major judges in the game. I think there's five of them. And then yeah. six yep. art cards. Basically, there's each of the characters. That's a world card. <laughs> multi-frame sharing a card. Uh-huh. Well, so it, it, my, my initial thought is that that price is and, and there's really a kind of high. Yeah, horizontal you box. You're spending $150 more for these busts and these cards. And that's like it. It's so <laughs> bad it's so it's 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 unforgivable it's it's atrocious that they they think they can do something like that at least with like the final fantasy 15 one it's that they're putting in all this extra stuff with it and here it's just busts like i don't that's, i don't that's get it that's more expensive thing. than like a call of duty <laughs> you know special edition with like yeah. night goggles or whatever like this is this is a beyond me and i assume that by the it being like a limited edition that there'll be very few like a collector's edition excuse me um that they're saying will be in limited qualities quantities i just don't get and the, the, the price is kind of weird too when you consider things like final fantasy the, of the regular edition i mean like final fantasy 10 hd included two games and that was 40 dollars. Uh, it was re-released on it was originally ps3 and then re-released on ps4 and things like that and then you have like the Kingdom Hearts uh, remixes, which also included at least two games, and those were $40. Um, the, I know the latest one was not, uh, 2.8. Uh, but like this yeah. is one game, and it's f- one remaster, and it's 50. So it, that's also... That's, that's not a weird. big problem for me. Just and, uh, like, I, don't, I don't take a huge issue with that. We didn't it is, get... Yeah, we didn't get that. It's, 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 it's just a little bit weird. Uh, like the other remasters that square enix has done have included more than one game for less money uh i'll yeah, i'll so. bring Look up at. to your attention Just... type zo hd that was 60 dollars, so it's nothing well, new. that was the first time it was released though so this uh... is the international zodiac this is the first time yeah. it's been released. i guess i guess that's well, I, I still don't know if that really holds up because there's a really old people, game. People pay fifty bucks for this. I'm concerned about the two hundred dollars. That's yeah, that's that, that, yeah. I don't really I mean, care I, about I, the, the just, price. Uh, like, the I, I don't hate the fifty dollars price point. It's just a little bit curious. You'll that's buy it. You'll be happy that. with uh, it. <laughs> uh, I mean, the reason I like I was thinking about getting like the steelbook thing is like the the same price as the regular edition. But yeah. I actually pre-ordered my regular edition during the, the Amazon uh, glitch time when they uh, actually like applied the discount twice. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, I'm gonna stick with that one. <laughs> I wonder if I kept that for myself just because I think I, I did that back at the same time. But yeah, it's 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 supposed to be um July eleventh. Like are you guys all gonna buy it? I, I'll I'll keep my pre order because it's only like forty bucks for me. I don't know if I'm actually gonna play I it might. anytime soon. I, I like twelve, but I don't know if I have like a strong fondness to go back to it. Mm-hmm. I might just wait and see if they announce anything for PC. Norton Square Enix as usual. Yeah, I feel like it'll come out. I, I felt like year. before before nine and ten hit Steam. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a little bit of like an uncertainty there. Like maybe these games will never will never escape the PlayStation uh, ecosystem. But n- now that both those games were able to get on Steam, it's kind of like 
you know, it'd be weird if 12 did not. You so. also have, you also have uh, like, quote-unquote, tech demos of Final Fantasy 15 now running on uh, GTX yeah. 1080 Ti. So it's like, okay, all right. That's, I wouldn't read too much. I mean, if anything, that, okay, Agnes Philosophy is around the corner. It's like, it, it doesn't mean a lot <laughs> what the tech demos. It's just they're showing off and they had the footage already available. I don't I don't know if that's, it's it's important. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's like it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I feel like it's like, kind of inevitable in our lifetime oh sure like what else is missing from steam but or pc anyway from the final fantasy series final like, fantasy tactics two? you need to put the, yes, the, the phone lines. version on there i meant from the main line but yeah i'll definitely they're take just that. cerberus i meant from the <laughs> crisis meant, core is is is, is one <laughs> i think i don't i think from the main line the only games that aren't on there are like one and two and yeah 12 and yeah I and wish like the MMOs are not. Are, are the, no, are the MMOs Steam games? Yeah. Or are they yeah, just, 11 they, or 14 they're definitely. Now. I got mine from there as well. So okay, I, yeah. I think that the only real bummer is that they've only put out the 3D remakes of 4 yeah. and, and, and 3 or whatever. And they haven't put out the Final Fantasy 4 or like the PSP version or the GBA version. Like I wish they would put that version on there as well. Even yeah. if it's. I just know it's not going to happen. Let's put a GBA emulator, emulator on there. Just do it. I mean, technically, if you're anything like, if you look at Nintendo, they put freaking ROMs on their NES Classic Edition, <laughs> so it's not like it's it's unheard of that they've done that weird. I forget shit. what game it was, but like, what what Virtual Console or whatever release it was, but like the files actually had like like NES, SNES 9X or whatever it was in there. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I the actual emulator that. in there. So <laughs> I'm hearing about that. So. Have twelve. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, I, I kind of interested to see uh, the read like. The reaction to it this time around uh, because i remember back then it was kind of a weird mixed reaction now like you know gaming is like kind of the landscape of gaming has changed so much since then and i kind of see just to see like how people receive it these days yeah i mean i might pick it up only when it's like on a deep discount though because i'm sure my opinion on that game is well known but <laughs> at least amongst the amongst the staff but it's just the fact that I was so damn disappointed with the story and, and the direction it took halfway through the game that I just kind of felt upset as I finally beat it. So I might go back just because of all the new jobs and stuff like that. That's that's pretty interesting. So, but that's it still has yeah. it still has my favorite ending theme to a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> I love Angela Keys' "Kiss Me Goodbye." It's pretty damn good. Uh, the only game I won't give a second chance to is Final Fantasy X. So let's move on to Oof. the next piece <laughs> of important news. Um, this is something that I don't remember if we talked about last week, but no, Target, we didn't. no it wasn't because it was on the Sunday. So yeah, on a Target they leaked Middle Earth: Shadow of War uh, was going to be. Uh, it was it was a thing that existed, and so now Warner Brothers. Uh, they before then they did tease that they were going to make a new game announcement, but they finally did with this game, uh, which is a sequel to Shadow of Mordor, and that was announced for August. Josh, why don't you talk to us a little more about that, though? Yeah, so Shadow of Mordor was a was a weird uh, thing that I liked like a few years ago. It was oh, like I love an it. open worldish, <laughs> like uh, Lord of the Rings thing. I feel like the the less separated you are from like Lord of the Rings Rings lore, the more you'll enjoy it because it doesn't really they kind of go in a different direction and not really adhering to you know uh lord of the rings lord no. uh, lord strictly so shadow of war is one a weird name because you took away like the single term that kind of was the go-to term for the first game it's like what which term should we you know go for this oh let's take out mordor it's like all right so uh shadow of war is obviously the sequel to that picks up from the events uh, right after that and this is a much more you know like the scale of it has been revamped like it in the first one 
it's in like two two big open world maps. Now this one has all sorts. And the they had a 16 minute uh, gameplay demo that they showed off, and they they were kind of scrolling through this overworld map uh, that had like different regions. And they showed off at least I want to say five to six, maybe even seven. And they were saying all of these maps will be as big as one of those maps in Shadow of Mordor. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I think the real th- cool thing about it is uh, when they uh, during the demo. They were showing off there this new siege uh, battle, in which like you kind of go to up to a fortress and now you have like a, a an army that you're actually building up to. In the first one, you could kind of sort of build up an army to to go on your side, and that really didn't manifest until the end of the game. But now this is much more about centered upon, you know, building up troops to go siege this, and you kind of go in there and uh, provide a way for your troops to get in there and really fuck shit up. But you don't have to like build up this army. You can go on it solo. It'd be assuredly like much more harder. Just you against this army, instead. And the cool thing about this is that the the unexpectedly, in my end, like expanded the nemesis system in a weird way. Like it's much more interrelated between like troops. So, for example, in that gameplay demo, like uh, you go after this uh, cursed guy, and you feel, you slay him the first time. And then you're like, okay, uh, he's gone, so you all your troops are coming in. But then he comes like back from the dead because he's cursed. And then, so like a dude from your side that uh, that you previously implanted as a spy saves you like a a bow and arrow, and like kind of kills him for you. And there's like these all these weird scripted moments in that like gameplay demo that I'm just thinking it's like, how the fuck are they like accounting for this? Like obviously there's a demo that's scripted, but like it is an actual in actual practice. I wonder how much of this is actually feasible to set up or or what or it's all like just like all dynamic. Uh, one of the cool things about the, you know obviously the first game was like kind of building up like a personal story between like just generic foes like when you when you're slain. You get like, like a, a rival that comes Yeah, out exactly. You kind of have a rivalry with that person. So when you encounter them in the overworld again, like it'll distinctly tell you, hey, like, you know, this guy killed you once and he like he remarks on you about it. It's all, it's a, like all the lines are like quite unique. Uh, it, it never felt like like the same voiceover was really being uh, like recorded to you again, unless you're like 100 hours into that game. Like there was a lot of voice work put into that game. So I'm I'm really interested to see how this shakes up with Shadow of War. It seems expanded in a really, uh, in a really good way, but in a very at the moment, just I don't know how this is gonna, what what sort of like subsystems dictate this. And yeah. we're we're and then we decided on side we're gonna start covering this because uh, it's a much more RPG oriented as well. This has like a loot system now that's like color coded. The first game had <laughs> yeah. a loot system, but you know it, it it's like you, obviously it was much more linear. Uh, this one is like rarity colors, stat numbers, and just you, I think you actually see like le- levels by your by your dude, and of course you'll have skill trees uh, much like the first game did. Um, so I'm kind of I'm very excited to to see uh, where this goes because I enjoyed Shadow of Mordor a lot, and I'm hoping that they they strike another home run with this. Yeah, it's, it, it's something that I was very. Uh, I was much in love with it. And what we mean by cover the game, it's that typically if it's a tangential game like Shadow Mortal was, it's that we would do a review maybe or an article. But in this case, we might we, we will be doing like news stories and stuff like that. That's kind of what differentiates. Adam, you want to say something though? Well, the, uh, the only thing I was going to say was like, it, so when 
when back when Batman Arkham Asylum hit like several years ago, it's like mm-hmm. a licensed game that no one expected to be good, and it turned out it was good and basically spawned a franchise. Uh, I know there's been some a little bit of uh, more criticism on more recent entries of that, but uh, I kind of feel like Middle Earth is kind of like the next, ver- like kind of like a, a a reprise of that, where you know when I hope Shadow so. of, when Shadow of Mordor was coming out, you know, it's like oh, it's just another kind of weird licensed game. Um, from a developer that had some pedigree, though, from Monolith, uh-huh. who did the Fear series, but turned yeah. like that game uh, was really well received, and like now it seems like it's uh, spawning a franchise. So we'll see how it turns out from here. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah that this is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on August twenty second in North America and the twenty fifth in Europe, and I'll definitely pick it up. I think it's, it is kind of nice how it. Uh, it's not very often you have these. Uh, not not for Western games anyway that are uh, like announced six months before release. And I don't yeah, I, I kind of think out. this like uh, cycle, this marketing cycle, like yeah. kind of quick turnarounds. It, it kind of reminds me uh, a little bit of the Japanese uh, market. Of course, these days it seems less and less prevalent for some reason. For the more reason. niche games, yeah. yeah, not not too surprising. But I know, yeah, I know yeah. like Fallout Four was kind of a, a relatively recent one of that. It was just announced at E3 and then released later that year. But mm-hmm. it's probably not as big as Fallout, but. It's kind of no. neat to have that kind of turnaround. Yeah, so, yeah, but it's it's a very impressive game that I'm glad they're they're going to sequel out of it. So, but that's that's kind of like yeah, Metal Shadow of War. I'm sure we'll get more news about that at E3. I, I, I'm kind of sad that I can't refer to it, refer to it just as Mordor Two or something because they took out the Mordor. Yeah, the Mordor. Oh yeah, War Door. So it's like a. So we got. You remember that war game? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, like, uh, people come up with their people always have like their pet names for games or whatever. Yeah, I think the first game. (laughs) The first game was just sometimes called Mordor, and then like Mordor Two is just kind of like this pet name for a a possible sequel. And then I guess you can't call it that. Shadow War is such a bad name. I hate it so much. So it's it's not great, especially if you try to like shrink it down. So, (laughs) but that's that's like yeah, Shadow of War. That's kind of. I can't think of any other Western RPGs that are coming out that are kind of like uh, as up there uh, other than like, you know, Divinity 2. So uh, it's for Mass Western Effect. RPG fans, it's something to really be excited about. And West, Mass Effect, of course, yeah. yeah. I just meant like uh, oh, mm-hmm. more for, for the line. Those. We're talking about like August. Like we don't really have many fall, like late summer fall releases aside from like, That's that. That's great. I want like, them to like slow down on game releases. Yeah, you've yeah. got that. you got down. like Red Dead Redemption 2, I think. That's not an RPG, but like the games that they've announced for the fall and, yeah. you know, Daggernope of V3, of course. But like that's, there's not a whole lot in that span of time, but I guess we'll be... There's a lot of time to fill it up. Fill it up. Very excited to see what else they, they announce. Hopefully it's more Switch games. But all right, so the next piece of news we've got, though, is something that we haven't heard since last E3, speaking of which. Uh, Adam, why don't you talk about the game that you covered nonstop well, until it was probably localized, and then nothing I didn't now. cover it nonstop. I just posted one thing on it. Right. Exaggerating. I mean, I kinda, of course you a, didn't. You posted it. We talked okay, about so it. In this last week, we've gotten we got <laughs> quite offended. a few... We've got quite a few release dates or delays for these niche games but i guess what we're talking about here is uh from atlas it's a game it's called caligula um and this is a vita exclusive in the year 2017 nope no pc version <laughs> no ps4 version what a uh, holding it out yep so vita fans will jump on this no matter how good this game is uh, <laughs> so this game is uh caligula is actually called the caligula effect in the west very likely just to totally differentiate it from the the movie and stage play uh 
So um, the name change makes total sense. But um, this game is a game developed by Furyu, who has made stellar titles such as Lost Dimension and The Legend of Legacy. Uh, joking. You, you sound I mean, excited. The, okay, so taking away the snark i thought the legend of legacy did some okay things but it was kind of disappointing and lost dimension i thought was actually an actively bad game uh <laughs> they're kind so, of like the image epoch of developers it feels yeah, like that they're, they're still unproven in, in a lot of people's eyes or the spider web of i don't know something uh, like that i mean so, uh, they, they've proven not to you know they have a track record of not impressive stuff so yeah yeah totally so, justified <laughs> So this is a this is a school RPG. I guess the scenario was written by the I don't remember the name. I don't have it in front of me oh, by the person who did the Persona Two duology, um, and it's a school RPG. And it's like these characters are stuck in like this, like, uh, like virtual reality type world, and they're trying to escape it. Um, so that's really the only premise I know of it. But it's, you know, I'll probably play it just because I have this, you know desire to play bad games sometimes but um we all do you know sometimes you have to play the bad games to I, appreciate the good ones right? that's that's my that's my philosophy i play lots of bad games and i'm like <laughs> when i see a good game I'm like oh okay this was better than that game at least um so yeah uh i guess while we're talking about these kind of niche games i'll just mention that games like summon night six and god wars from gaijin works and nisa respectively were delayed for may as well so these all these niche games, Caligula Effect, I don't know if I mentioned, is releasing on May 2nd, and these other games are coming out in May as well. Uh, um, I think I think God Wars was. Or God Wars is June. June. Yeah. Okay. So kind of these niche titles all coming out in that. That's cool. In that bare, barren summer period. So. <laughs> I, I remember at the last E3, just I think, oh, I forget if it was the final day, like, I think Zach came up to me, he's like, hey, Josh, I'm like, what? He's like, they're localizing Caligula. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think we're all just. I think it was like we were sitting inside the room, and I looked over. I was like, "Adam's going to be super happy about this one," because <laughs> so, the running joke for people who don't know is that we would always come to the podcast last year anytime there was news about Caligula, and we would talk about it. Not just because and I'm the only was, one who knows anything, because I'm the only one paying any attention to it. Yeah, it's because yeah, <laughs> I you was were paying attention news. to the video. <laughs> they, had, they had an aggressive uh, marketing gi- uh, cycle for it in uh, Japan for it. So, and that, it was during that time. Like we didn't really have much news items. We're like, hey, there's always news updates on Caligula. Yeah, like character <laughs> posts and all this stuff about each and every, every individual character. And then and the, like and the every trailer itself. that came out, we're like, Adam, are you excited? <laughs> yeah. So and then like basically it went to complete silence since it was announced back in June of last year. Like there was nothing. <laughs> like I don't, I can't think of any other updates since now about that oh, game. Yeah. Uh, it since still looks around... super rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I should mention for the Vita lovers out there that this game is digital only. I know Vita people love collecting their physical games. Oh shit! But... Now they're fucking gonna throw eggs on us. <laughs> it's it's uh, that can't I, be helped in that case. I'm trying to remember. Um, is this PSTV compatible? Did they say anything uh, about that? Someone asked about that on Twitter. I, I just forget. They, do I don't think they specified. <laughs> like we, so I we tweeted about it. The story when when Adam tweeted about the story on our site, and someone on our account asked if it was playstation tv compatible but i'm gonna do a quick search but i'm looking at the press release right now and it does not seem to mention it oh no well in japan it was oh okay so maybe it's a safe assumption that yes hopefully it doesn't always always. i I remember when uh east memories of salsetta came out in english 
I don't know if they ever fixed it, but it was not PSDV compatible. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they, get, the they couldn't get... Was. How come couldn't be... didn't have time to, like, help out Exceed? I, I remember it was something like Exceed... You know, Exceed is a, their translators, their localizers, so they, like, they didn't have the staff or the know-how to, like, get their version of the game on yeah PSDV. so they had to ask falcon, so they, had to falcon. Rely, they had to rely on falcon to do it and like i, I don't know if they ever did <laughs> no i don't think they did because they're like we're just developing tokyo zanadu i'm like sorry i, I would imagine collecting them will be fine because i don't think it has any like touch screen capability so it's it's probably yeah. going to be okay with on the on the playstation tv even if you can't really find that in the stories anymore <laughs> so uh that was like literally the only thing at my local target was just as far as the vita was was just the vita tv so but moving on to other important news that we've got here. More important, we actually got some. Um, we were kind of. I kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, Josh can take it from here. But we've got some more details of Trails of Cold Steel Three, as you mentioned, the PlayStation Four exclusive. Uh, what kind of details did they share? Oh uh, yeah, they finally got like uh, another look at uh, Trails of Cold Steel Three, and they showed off the new Class Seven. The, the of course, Arena's still the main protagonist, but you get to. Here, uh, they showed off some other characters, like the first two characters that they showed the, at the visual uh, and the new screenshots a few uh, uh, months back. Uh, the blue-haired guy, he's Kurt Vander, and um, he's the the younger brother of uh, Mueller from the Trails in the Sky games. Oh. So the, this means some uh, a little tie-in there with the, with the Sky trilogy and whatnot uh, in Trails of Cold Steel 3. And the other character, the pink-haired chick... As Una Crawford uh, from Crossbell, and she has her own uh, reasons uh, for you know being in the new Class Seven now that are kind of tangentially linked to the Crossbell. I have, uh, a, I have a dumb specific question. Uh-huh. Were these released like in just magazines, or is there actually like a like a direct feed website? Oh, only only in magazines for right okay. now. I, I think I, there might be sites who already have the screenshots up. And uh, the synopsis. I, let me let me just say, like, I normally don't really pay attention to the magazines and yeah, just kind yeah. of wait for the website updates, which usually come like a week later or something yeah. like that. And so I just don't you, remember yeah, this at yeah, all. Yeah, you like, might whoa. see you might see this pop up yeah. uh, like later on uh, on the official yeah. website. The, the cool thing about Yuna is that she, her weapon is it's called a gunbreaker. It's literally dual tonfas with guns attached. Like 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 the tonfas are like the guns. Like there's there's like a barrel attached to them. So that's fucking weird. And uh, back from uh, Cold Steel as well, you have Altina, a uh, white-haired uh, chick. Ah, uh, best character. <laughs> so, and and uh, Reed's uh, growing up, man. He's he's a teacher now uh, in Cold Steel 3. So, How much time has passed between 2 and 3? Or is that I, 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 I'm not sure if that's a spoiler. I'm trying to remember the exact time, though. I feel like it's maybe two years after, well, I want to say. Well, Let me also spoiler, just... Because it's, like, it's evident <laughs> there's a time yeah. skip. Yeah. I don't know. There's times I think it's two years after, but I, I, that's just off my memory. I can't remember exactly. Oh, I sure. need to catch up on this series. Yeah, it's. I think uh, you would need to play Cold Steel because that game is really damn good. Well, I, I've been playing a little bit more second chapter. Uh, oh, that's right. Slowly, you that, yeah. finally. Um, and then speaking of that, like Exceed, uh, third chapter or the third is supposed to come out this spring sometime. We don't know when. Oh, yeah, right. they, they no, usually announce done. it like they usually make they? the announcement like two weeks before it comes out. So it's they usually don't give a lot of leeway or lead lead time for that. They don't need it. Yeah, they did say they they announced that they were full, uh, completely done with the translation for that not too long. Yeah, they're, ago, they're so. just doing like the uh, you know the editing yeah. passes and QA and whatnot at this point. I, yeah. I actually haven't played. I I feel like I need to go back and play Trails in the Sky because I reviewed the first game, but it's been 
six years or whatever since I played it, so I should probably replay it, uh, maybe on the PC or something like that, and then I, I didn't, I've never even touched the second game yet, so I'm, I'm right there with you with that. Yeah, the, I, I feel like I need to replay, might replay them maybe, because I actually, I only played bits and parts of the English first one, and I, n- I never got a chance to get around to the English uh, second one. I've only played them in Japanese, so I'm just like, I should probably go play these again to refresh my memory. Yeah, and, and you know, people that uh, people that are interested in those types of games, I mean, you really should check out the screens for that, for Cold Steel 3, because it just looks really, really good for a Falcom game. I know, like, the standards are there, but, like, they are really going above and beyond, and I hope that they kind of they did a better job when it comes to say like the voice acting. Cause there's always an issue where like Falcon can be kind of lazy sometimes when it comes to like getting enough voice acting in the characters. Oh, you mean, you mean where they just like don't voice a lot don't of scenes voice at or... all. People actually yeah. blamed Xseed for, for like, the, the lack like, of like a limited dub, but it was the fact it didn't exist in Japanese. Either, yeah. They, so. did, I mean, they, they didn't know. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird landscape that people do that, but uh, they didn't know. So landscape. No, they're just annoying. And, and to be fair, <laughs> and to be fair, Koei Tecmo does that, right? Yeah. Koei Tecmo definitely does that. So I'm sorry. They, they, what, are we, what are we talking list. about for Koei Tecmo? They, they do partial dubs for like do their they? games. I don't, they I do. thought they did. Or maybe yeah. maybe maybe they used to. I, I, maybe it was Nisa, like early Nisa did that. Nisa, I think, Talk. is by. I mean, Ben. I mean, if you look at like um, uh, Nino Kuni was kind of like that, but that's that's I don't know about. No, Nisa's definitely about that. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you are completely correct about Koei Tecmo. I don't know why I'm not thinking about this. Yes, Atelier series has been like yeah, I was thinking, like, about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, because you were playing, yeah. and I'd be speeding through. To, I would try to compare it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, going more like. I can't really say more about Cold Steel 3 because I don't know what's considered spoilers and like the synopsis and yeah. just, you know, the things are happening in it. There's going to be a much, much bigger game. They finally showed off. They're starting to get the wheels rolling on like, you know, just seeing more of this game and a lot of people are looking well, forward to it. Well, now that now that you say PS4 version seems to be, it releases in a couple months in Japan, like now they can oh. sound, it seems like they're shifting their focus to... Yeah, this uh, is only going to be on PS4. So... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, that, 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 I guess I was making two points there. So, Falcom has made a couple of games where they had like a Vita version, and then they they updated it later for yep. the PS4 version. That's mm-hmm. Tokyo Xanadu and Ys8. But I was also just talking about like what their focus is right now. Like they they're wrapping up Ys8 like in in its entirety. They're going to release the PS4 yep. version and then shift their focus probably primarily on Trails of Cold Steel three. Yeah, for um, sure. That during during like I. I was talking with uh, some uh, friends of mine at the Falcom uh, podcast, just, you know, a little bit of background. Like, the Tokyo Xanadu thing, like, EX Plus is basically their proof of concept. Like, hey, we can develop uh, on the PS4 to their shareholders and saying, like, you know, we're perfectly capable of doing that. So that's kind of the reason why. Like, they they definitely see the uh, landscape in Japan, you know, shifting over to the PS4 gradually. And just, like, you know, to coincide their scope of games as well because they keep trying to tell, you know, grander and grander stories. And it's very, very hard to, like, fit that onto the Vita these days, especially with, like, you know, they they, they really want to up their, uh, like, graphical tech engine and whatnot, too. Thank fucking God. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little sick and tired of seeing the same old, same old from uh, the Japanese developing side. So I'm glad that they're willing to finally transition over. Even if the Vita is still pretty popular in Japan. 
I'm kind of speaking hoping of that tech they'll upgrades. stick over there. Yeah, speaking of tech upgrades, the last piece mm-hmm. of news that we've got here, Cyber Dimension Neptunia Four Goddesses mm-hmm. Online has finally been announced for localization in the hey. West. It'll be out sometime this winter for both PlayStation 4 and PC. People who uh, don't know, uh, this is the newest game in the series. It's going to be built on Unreal Engine 4, and it's developed by Tamsoft, the same people who did the Mega Tag Mansion Blonde and Neptune vs. Zombies game that came out sometime last year. I, I'm kind of blanking on the exact time, so I don't know, whatever. So the cool thing about this is that not only does it look a lot better, but it's got a totally different combat system in that you're able to do it kind of like ease... East yeah, 7 style, they can swap yeah. around enemies, uh, party members on the fly and attack. It's got more focus on the RPG side uh, when it comes to the action combat where there's numbers popping off of enemies and you can uh, change. Uh, there's like a bunch of different armor that you can get and it's cosmetic, so it means it changes the look of your character. There's also the characters themselves are job-based, so they have things like there's one with a gun, there's a sword, there's a spear. There's like doing like the dot hack thing where like they're in an MMO in a game. Like the game is like inside an MMO. I kind of have yeah. a I kind of have a pointless and pointless question. Well, don't even ask it then. What? what is your <laughs> Go for what? it. Pointless. Is this game like considered like mainline or a spin-off? Yes, no. It's the latest. It's, it's, no, it's a spin-off because it's by Tamsoft. Yeah, that's what I was wondering like it's if it's Tamsoft. Like I, I, like again, it doesn't really matter, but I just wonder like the mainline games are compile heart themselves oh, actually whatever. developing it. Okay, I can't keep so. up with that. I'm not a huge fan and I can't even keep up. So yeah, they uh so <laughs> they're just the, like ten million Neptunia games, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, the it's kind of fucking ridiculous. Okay, so yeah, it's it's that so you've got like so you've got your main character, you've got your three other characters, and yes, you're able to swap around them as much as uh, I think it's four, right? Want. Four 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 player parties. You and three others, yes. Four. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's 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 four, yeah. it's four total, and that um, they've also got the online mode that was in Mega Tech Mansion, and so you can join up and three of your friends can. I guess it's it's better if I put it the you and three others because in this case is yeah, it's four and yeah. like regular characters, but yeah, you can go online and uh, play with other friends, and uh, I just. That's the thing is that like I don't know how that'll go just because I remember with Mega Tech mentioned like after like the first week there was practically no one really playing that. Maybe because, was, maybe because Mega Tag Mention is a bad game. But the thing, uh, yeah, it wasn't as good as um, Neptunia versus or whatever. Um, but it's um, the thing though is that that was also the problem with God Eater. And that I could not find anyone playing online oh, in that shit. game either, yeah. so I don't know. I think what this the deal is, is. I think this is like going to be like like a, a friend type of deal, like uh, get a group of friends instead of like uh, pubs to like go. Like I, I don't know, but, like Are you the, talking like, about the local play? play. What are you saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like online. Yeah, like, of course. Uh, online. Sorry, I don't know why. Like in, the, in, the, in my head, I was like, why would you play local? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you the, I, your buddies. So to like clear, for clarity purposes, yeah. uh, Forgot is online. It's an MMO, but it's not like uh, a true MMO like game. It's like a single player RPG that yes. takes place in an MMO, and then so if you want to do co-op play, there's like a separate online mode. I think that like transfers over your single player progress into that. So any yes. rewards you get from uh, online co-op, you can transfer over back to your single player game. Yep. And uh, that's pretty cool that uh, Idea Factory started to do this. There's a I think the PC, uh, PC simultaneous with the PS4 yes. because it was announced along with it. So this will be the first one of those uh, coming. Uh, day and date with the ps4 version it is also kind of weird because sega hard girl the versus sega hard girls game still doesn't have a pc version announced so seeing this maybe come first before that is a uh, huh sega hard girls, interesting that times. game wasn't that great either so i'm not really 
too concerned about that one myself. <laughs> but like, obviously, like for me, it's that I already reviewed it, so I don't really necessarily intend to play it again. Mega Dimension was a really damn good game, in my opinion. Or at least it was better than what it I was expecting it to be. Maybe yeah, say so damn it's good is probably a little strong. It's the best mainline one, which is a big thing for Neptunia. I guess. Yeah, it, it was the fact that it was like it was a PlayStation Four game. We're talking about like you know PlayStation Four exclusive games. Like they were able to finally do that. So like it's like Gus and Kapal Hart. You know those two developers. Like you really want to see what they can do on on newer technology. And Seven Dimension is easily the most impressive looking that the series has been. And so I'm yeah. I'm I, I think it's like I I think still shots don't really do it uh, justice. I really no, like the animation work they've uh, p- put into that. It's a uh, really good. It has a, it has, a, it has like a weird like uh, like motion blur like to the animations that make it feel like smooth like in a very odd way like more smooth than I'm usually used to. It's the most uh, animated that the series has been too. Like the the character animations like the, like everything is way. M- they did a really good job with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't don't most of these games just use like character portraits and dialogue boxes? No, or they actually the... do have three D models that are sometimes yeah. shown in the combat, and uh, not not just the combat, but cutscenes, in game cutscenes. Those exist, but the uh, yeah the the two. I was wondering portraits... if this was like the first game that was like going full like actual cutscene models rather than just dialogue portraits. Uh, kind I of. I mean, the Rebirth games also did more with the actual 3D models themselves. But as far as only, I I don't think it's not going to be only just because we've already seen artwork where there's clearly those going to be like 2D portrait cutscenes as well. But for the combat itself, uh, the, I mean, the Mega Tech Mansion game is that's what this really is. It's it's it's, a, it's it's common too. It's that it's an action RPG, just like Mega Tech Mansion and. Uh, uh, I keep forgetting the name of the other game. Neptunia U. Neptunia U. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. So those games existed. So this is not this is not your typical Neptunia mainline game. This is an Adam, action RPG like the others. You really don't want that to go full 3D models because the last time they did that with the second Neptune Mark II on PS3, it looked really ugly when they tried yeah, to do 3D really models bad. and the and the and the dialogue. It was. It was a weird decision, and people were like, "This is this is an okay like sequel, but man, this is like." Uh-huh. See the the remake at least made it somewhat better because it was on the Vita, so you didn't have to have it all blown up. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it made it better. I mean, the PC version also looked better just because they did the model, they redid the models too. But yeah, that's. I, th- I think that like just the one last thing about Cyber Dimension. I think it's really cool that they like the whole cl- class changing thing. That they've done like usually noir is like a, a a swordsman but she's like a dragoon in this one and then you have like the twins uh having being a samurai and a ninja so like they're kind of really expanding like you know gameplay opportunities and uh letting you know people mix it up because for the sole purpose of it being an mmo you know like it doesn't have to stay the same they have they can get away make excuses like oh okay this why this person's like a mage this time around or why this person's a cleric yeah i guess we'll have to find out exactly i mean yeah it's 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 a it, they did throw like a wrench and everything about the the typical characters that we've got to see but yeah. um i'm curious to see how they'll approach this story as well just because yeah everyone was hoping this was going to be vert's game and it's not <laughs> she's just kind of along with the line because like in the in the canon itself four goddesses in line is a game that vert plays practically non-stop like she'll stay up for a week and play that game um with and do raids oh era of ff14 it was like an, yeah it was a, yeah exactly that's what she does uh so she'll, she'll like love to hear joke. that she was compared to a character. <laughs> nice. yeah. i mean that's kind of what she is at this point uh oh man <laughs> shots so 
Uh, that's about it for the news. Uh, there's one last thing I did want to mention that uh, they did announce Terra, the MMORPG, was announced for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One to be out sometime later this year. As oh, a fully... that's, still, that's still fairly healthy. Actually, I have like a few friends who still play that a lot these days. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's, it's going to be completely free to play, but the fact that it's going to be on the Xbox One leads me to believe that it won't be cross-platform with the PC version, so people won't or cross-play, I should say. Uh, just like what, um, like I can only think of like one game that's like that right now. I think it's like Rocket League, and that's about it. But um, wait, is it all? Wait, is it all cross between platforms or? No, it won't. I don't think it will be. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. okay. They haven't said either way, but you know the fact that Xbox is involved. That's what's kept like Final Fantasy 14 from being cross platform uh, as well. A cross play. I keep saying cross platform, but cross play between all consoles. We meaning by that we mean you can go online and. Play against you, play with your friends that are on the PC version as you will on the console. So I don't think that's going to be a thing. But yeah, yeah that'd be a, really sorry. That'd be a really bad move because I feel like the the population for those games would be very slim. I, I mean, that's that's the way it is now for a lot of games. So it's it's it just can't be helped if that's the case. But it's a free to play game, so if it means a totally separate audience is growing on there, I guess. But like the only other game I can think of that's really competing with Terra at this point is maybe like. Black Desert Online or something as far as, as like the heavy action MMO type of design. So Jesus, Terra was released uh January of twenty eleven. I <laughs> previewed that game for E three, so I know. Oh, <laughs> I actually man. did a lot of coverage of that. Like my first E three I had a closed door meeting. Um like there was like my last appointment of the of the of the show, I think, at that point. And and I think I was there at the following E three for the next one. It was yeah, it was released in in Korea or whatever in 2011, but it wasn't released in America. I don't think until like 2013 or something like that or 2012. I forget. So that's like one cool. of those games you don't hear about. And actually, speaking of games I haven't heard about lately, they put out a, a trailer uh, like some more details about Kingdom Under Fire too. So that game still oh my coming God. <laughs> Like they showed that at E3 I feel like as a PlayStation Four. <laughs> yeah, there was I feel like, like the... I've known that since like like late PS2. I feel like I've heard that game. That was like Jesus. they showed that at the PS4 E3 launch party, like the E3 when they were revealing the play, the PlayStation 4. Kingdom of the Fire 2 was a monster, like the sizzle reel that they showed for games that were going to be released on it. So I mean, this one has this thing has been like live since like the early PS3 days, though, just in yeah. terms of what they like this actually being a a game in development. It's of course, been back- around. I mean, it's it's been in like closed beta and stuff like that with like in China and Korea and, and whatnot. But it's just nothing for the West. Even maybe if they... maybe, maybe this year or something. Maybe we'll Who see. Knows? So that's it uh, for the news, as we mentioned. And so let's head off into what where you guys can find us that are listening to us right now. You can find us at rpgsite.net. You can find us also on Twitter at rpgsite handle. You can also find us on facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. Uh, that tends to be a lot of our birthday postco. And then you can also check out our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash rpgsitenet. I want to say happy birthday to Chrono Trigger, and you can actually see a full playthrough of that game on our YouTube channel. Uh, just look for the playlist. And we've also got the videos for... we got Zelda footage. We've got uh, the continuing playthroughs of Valkyria Chronicles 3 and Panzer Dragoon Saga. I can't really think on the top of my head if we've. Do we have any other recent stuff on our YouTube channel that I, that we've been posting? I, I can't really. Uh, think uh, I know uh, Alex had some Zelda and Mass Effect stuff, but yeah, Mass Effect. Okay, yeah, but we'll have some more stuff on there soon. Uh, 
Josh, do you plan on doing anything with near stuff on there at all? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I mean, the people always get weird with spoilers. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird games that, like, if you show like any footage, people are gonna be like, "Is that a spoiler?" On, on our channel, <laughs> on our channel, somebody was complaining that Alex spoiled. So if you're if you're afraid about Zelda spoilers, spoilers quotes, skip ahead. Yeah, uh, that the lost about words, a guide. the lost <laughs> are in Breath of the Wild. Like okay, yeah, yeah. It was, it was weird. Uh, he, was, he wanted he wanted to see a guide for a, a walkthrough of a certain area, but complained about spoilers, so it didn't make any sense. But anyway, let's not. They want to make that. combo movies. <laughs> also, you can find us on iTunes uh, and Google, your favorite Google uh, podcast app. Just search for TetraCast. We did fix the Google issue, and so all the episodes are now currently on there. I use uh, Pocket Cast. That's my favorite app. So, and all the episodes are on there. So, if you need a suggestion for your Android users out there. Also, our permanent Discord link is discord.me slash RPG site. Uh, we've got some great discussions on there all the time. And like always, we like to wrap things up with sharing where you can find us on Twitter. Where can they find you, Josh? Uh, you can follow me at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. You can find out the latest Tony Hawk lore. What? what? Tony Hawk? The, the, okay. There's this weird timeline. No, line don't explain Tony it. Say that. Uh, Adam, where can they find you? Picture, it's real good. <laughs> I no, I, 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 I'm just making sure I heard you right. Did you no, say Tony Hawk? No, Tony Hawk. Not. Like, there's this timeline picture of the Tony Hawk series. It's amazing. What? Oh my god, Adam, I love Adam, it. Where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to entertain hmm. Josh's craziness. They can find me. Yes. Okay. K i n g underscore s e d a. There you Great. go. And lastly, you can find me at Zachary's. Uh, so, once again, thank you all. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, everyone who's listened to this podcast. And catch us next week for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone. <laughs>